0: Hello and welcome to Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl,
1: and I'm ABC News Political Director Rick Klein.
0: Rick, we're coming back. I mean, we we have tended in the past to call these emergency podcasts. Um, I, I I have to tell you, uh, I, I'm coming at this one, and I just wanted to quickly touch base with you and uh, and with our listeners. Um. I, I, I just have a feeling of heartbreak uh, as to what has happened and what has transpired and a real, a real trepidation about what, what could happen over the next 12 days. Um, during, the, during the marathon day that was Wednesday, um, as we were watching uh, and we were on the air, um, as the Capitol was being invaded uh, and rampaged, in, 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 you know, Trump supporters... People in red hats, blue flags, uh, chanting "Fight for Trump," rampage through the uh, Capitol. I, I had to fight back tears. Uh, I, I spent a good part of my career working in that building and revering that building, and for all it, the history of that building and all that it represents, the symbol uh, of American democracy, the workplace of American democracy, is flawed and is you know as, as it has been <laughs> over the course of. Of 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 two and a half centuries, um, it, it 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 really really was heartbreaking. But I wanted us to come together. Um, really, primarily, I've got I've got some new new reporting about um, about the president's uh, state of mind and action over the course of the last you know uh, couple of days. Uh, but I also wanted to play a little bit of sound. Did you did you see this? Uh, Representative Dan Crenshaw, as conservative as, as as they get, really um, uh, a Republican member of the House, um, uh, addressing this uh, on Fox News. Did you happen to catch this?
1: Yeah, John, I, and and I think I think you know to echo the the sadness. I think the sadness that that you're that you're talking about is reflected throughout the Capitol. Certainly, I agree with that, and I think you hear that in what uh, what the recriminations, what the fallout, what the consequences are inside, uh, inside Congress and inside the Republican party. And I agree with you. It's an important thing. We should get to it.
0: I'm going to play that in a moment. No, Trevor has, has two clips from this interview that he did with, uh, with Martha McCallum on Fox. I I just want to say one other thing, uh, first, which is as I was watching all of this unfold, I was shocked as all of us were. Um, I was also not surprised. I looked at it and one of my first reactions was it's amazing that something like this hasn't happened earlier. When you when you consider the things that Donald Trump has said over the past four and a half, five years, um, the way in which he has called for you know, praised violence. Um, the 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 way in which he has branded his enemies, his political opponents his enemies, enemies of the people in the in in, in in the way he's talked about the press. It's it's remarkable that those that are so fervently supportive of him have not have not done this earlier in some ways. Um and I know I've been to many, 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 many Trump rallies. I know you have too. I know that the vast majority of the people that attend those rallies and support this president are not this. This, this doesn't represent the 74 million people uh, who voted for him. Uh, it represents a, a, a minority of, of, of those people. Um, there are good people, good, hardworking, uh, sincere people who have supported Donald Trump um, and worked for him. Um, but this is exactly what he sewed um, and I was haunted by um, something that he said to me uh, that I described in the epilogue of, of my book on Wednesday I was these words were kind of like running through my head. Uh, I went in to see him I remember talking to you about it I went in to see him in the fall of 2019 not long after the shootings that had the mass shootings that had taken. Place in El Paso and in Dayton. And I said to him that there was a danger that some sick person could take his words to heart. And isn't he worried about that? That somebody could take his words to heart. And his answer this is the part that haunted me. His answer to me was, I hope they take my words to heart. Wow. Wow. And you know, he I, I wasn't saying that he hoped that sure. somebody went out and started, you know, shooting enemies of the people. But it was it, it represented a a complete lack of awareness of what his words mean. And you remember the uh, the, the the what people were saying um, during you know during that period during the campaign. The the kind of the kind of cliched description of Trump was well. You know, you critics take him literally, but not seriously. Uh, his supporters don't take him literally, but take him seriously. And what we saw on Wednesday was him taken literally and deadly seriously.
1: Emphasis, John, on the word deadly. And and, and you're right. You, the through line through what he has said, not just about this election and its aftermath, but about his political foes, his political opponents, and the scenes at the Capitol – The the awful, gut wrenching, deplorable, despicable, terrible things that were happening in that cradle of democracy, in that building that I know very well and revere as well, it's it's all there for you to see. And 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 I I shared your shock, but also the lack of surprise at a broader level. Another phrase we've used often with Trump, uh, in these years that. you, you, it was there for everyone to see, uh, and and not just that. Uh, I would I would say it's not just that it, it's surprising in some ways it didn't happen earlier. It it's it's also surprising in some ways that it wasn't worse. Four people lost their lives plus a Capitol police officer. Four four rioters lost their lives plus the Capitol police officer. Uh, it could have been worse, and it could still it could still get worse. Not just in these last twelve days of the Trump presidency, if it even lasts that long, but but beyond that. But John, I I, I shared your. You know, emotional response to this day. Uh, you know, in, in my in my lifetime, uh, the only things I can equate it to were the the Challenger explosion, nine uh, eleven, mm-hmm. and Sandy Hook. Those were th- the moments for me that you know the, the Earth st- stood still because I couldn't believe something was happening. Something was happening in my country, and the, the, this is this is right up there with them. With without
0: without any questions. So let's play. Uh, I've got like I guess I think Trevor has pulled out. Uh, two, two excerpts from this, this interview uh, with um, Representative Dan Crenshaw, Martha McCallum
2: on Fox News. Here's the first. But let's be very honest. Senator Cruz and Senator Hawley were not hyping up January 6th. They were not calling for people to fight in the streets. They were not saying this was our last stand. That being said, many members of Congress did do that. Many commentators did do that. Many in the media have been doing that for the last few weeks, constantly saying this is our time to fight. And let me tell you something very clearly. They've been lying to people. They've been lying to millions. They've been lying that January 6th was going to be this big solution for election integrity. It never was going to be. I mean, two hours of debate forced, two hours of debate. That was just some time for some opportunistic politicians to get five minutes of time on the floor. It was never going to solve anything. And it was always unconstitutional.
0: So that's, that's the, the, the first uh,
2: clip he continued on, here's the second. And they said, go fight, mm. go fight because everything's on the line. That's what they said. And when people fought, they came to fight and then they fought Capitol Police and now people are dead. And those same members of Congress who called people to fight, well, they were nowhere to be found because it was all fun and games to them. They never knew what a real fight was. Real fights are scary. Bullets flying, that's scary. The glass breaking, that's really scary. They were nowhere to be found. They scattered. They'd been talking about the courage to stand up to this, the courage to fight for weeks and weeks. But when it came down to it, there was no courage. That's what really happened, Martha. And that's what people need to know. They were lied to. They were lied to about what January 6th was. Very powerful words. What
0: Representative Crenshaw is describing is a crime. He's describing incitement, an incitement that led to the deaths of Four people and the destruction destruction inside uh, the symbol of American democracy. And what he didn't say, what should be obvious, is when he describes members of Congress, he's right. When he describes commentators, he's right. Absolutely. That's what we heard over and over again. But who was the person with the loudest megaphone who was saying exactly the message that he just said? Who was the person? Who was the king of all the inciters. He didn't mention his name. But, you know, this wasn't Louis Gomert and Matt Gates uh, leading, uh, leading this thing. This wasn't, uh, you know, uh, Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson leading this thing. They all had their role. <laughs> uh, but but there, was, there was one guy who was pushing this above all others and who was setting the tone.
1: And uh, that man has 12 days left as president of the United States. And John, uh, you saw the, the, the statement that uh, that he put out, the video message that he put out last night uh, after the, the uproar. Um, I know you, you've got some insight as to what was going on behind the scenes for, for all of the, the preparations or around that and putting it out. He has now acknowledged that uh, there will be a, a handoff of power. He says it will be a peaceful transition. Of course, it already hasn't been a peaceful transition. Uh, but what's the, what, what is the latest? What do we need to know about, uh, first, whether the president will even complete his term? Uh, is, is, is it possible that he is impeached and removed uh, and or the 25th Amendment invoked before January 20th?
0: Uh, first of all, just brand new, because I just got off the phone with somebody who spoke to the president this morning. Uh, the President did release that video message where he said uh, where he made an appeal to unity, where he said that, that, that he would focus on a uh, peaceful transition of power, uh, where he condemned uh, the, the violence, where he also said he you know election talked about election security but didn't repeat his false claim that the election was stolen from. It was a message that a lot of people of uh, his own friends and, and staffers and, and allies have been urging him to do for a long time. Um, so belated, but he did do it. Uh, uh, he, he didn't mention the words Joe Biden and he didn't uh, he didn't congratulate him. He didn't call him. And now we've learned uh, he's announced on Twitter uh, that he's not going to be attending the presidential inauguration. Um Something that uh, only, only uh, Andrew Johnson, who was impeached, and uh, John Adams uh, uh, ha- have failed to do. Uh, I mean, it's really quite a, quite a thing. Anyway, what, what, what I can tell you, though, is this morning, again, based on somebody who's talked to him, is he's unhappy with that video. He was pressured into making that video, and he now is telling people that it was a mistake. That his people are upset about it, don't like it. And if you can imagine. So, you know, buckle up and see where we're going to go from here. Regarding whether or not he serves out another 12 days, uh, there's been a lot of talk about the 25th Amendment, uh, discussions among his um, members of his cabinet. Um, I am am told that those discussions have included uh, uh, the Secretary of State, um, also the Director of National Intelligence. um, But uh, the conclusion in these rather detailed discussions, is that it's impractical and wouldn't work, uh, that it would take too long. And by the time the mechanism for calling the cabinet together and uh, laying out the case and, uh, and, and removing him from mental instability were done and his challenge and potential legal challenges, that, that he couldn't do it quick enough. So I think that effort is going nowhere and is effectively dead. But it's extraordinary that members of his own cabinet were actually talking about this.
1: Because I mean, that that that, that means that at least in the judgment of some, that this is not just uh, political ramblings or the or the kind of you know we, we we use colloquially the word crazy around President Trump for a while. You know, you could say crazy like a fox, or if you want to do it, this is beyond that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: but this is real. This is this is like this is not no longer figurative. No longer figurative. Um, and by the way, I think back again. Another segment of my book, uh, when Mike, when Mick Mulvaney uh, had everybody in the West Wing read, um, you know, a, a first rate madness, a book about mental li- illness and leadership. I, I, you're thinking about all this stuff, and it's just, it just, it's just unbelievable. Um, but uh, so, I, I 25th Amendment's not going to happen. Uh, impeachment. Uh, I've also had conversations with allies of the president who. Um, you know, who think this is this is a real thing and, and think it's a more practical uh, way to deal with it than the 20th Amendment. Uh, you would have Republicans supporting this, not a lot of them, but you would have enough Republicans supporting it. Certainly, uh, I mean, it, this would not be a partisan impeachment if it happens. There would be Republican votes, uh, unlike the last time in the House. Uh, whether or not you could do a trial and <laughs> do all that within 12 days, highly unlikely. I mean, especially given the fact that both chambers are actually out of session right now. Uh, they'd have to be called back in. So I don't think that's going to happen either. Uh, but again, the fact that, that these discussions are happening publicly on the part of uh, Democrats, but privately among those who have been the president's allies over the past four years, uh, gives you a sense of exactly where we're at.
1: I, it's a worse, uh, uglier ending than, than I think any of us could have anticipated, John. And I just say, I mean, first, I'd like to just you know, on, the, on our air, just commend our colleagues who were at the Capitol, our friends and colleagues who, who went through all of this. Uh, what, a, what, a, what an unbelievable job that they did, the eyes and ears of the world uh, for a story that they never thought that, that, that they'd cover. And John, just to reflect on this, uh, on the journey that we've all watched for, for so many years, I know, you know, you and I have uh, you know, tried our best to cover President Trump his movement, what he represents, uh, as fairly, honestly, accurately as possible, uh, and uh, we've been to rallies, as you said, we've seen what what some people are like and what most people are not like. Um, we saw that rally begin to mass, and it seemed like another another news story. Uh, this is not just another day. This is not just another political uh, uh, show. This was uh an attempted coup this was these were acts of terrorism uh this they have been murder or manslaughter now that a capital police officer has died uh this was vandalism desecration uh and it, the this was uh, an insurrection and that to me means it needs to be remembered as different This is not the same as the policy decisions that you may or may not have liked during the, the Trump era. This is not the same as the breaking of norms and the you know, tweets of, uh, attacks and the lies and the false claims. This was an attempt to overthrow the results of an election, period, full stop.
0: Yeah, it was, um, as, as one, uh, I heard somebody on CNN say, an attempted undemocratic coup. Now, I've never heard of a democratic coup, but, um, but uh, um, I mean... horrific and, 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 and let's hope he's got it out of his system and that the guardrails hold. But, um, you know, I'm apprehensive about the next, uh, about the next 12 days. Um, and on that rather cheerless note, uh, uh, Rick, um, honor to, honor to work with you. We will see you uh, next week. And let me just echo before I do finally say goodbye uh, the work of our colleagues, and, and, and not just at ABC, but uh, but our, our colleagues in 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 the news in the news business, uh, who were at the Capitol again, a place I've spent most of my working longer than any place else. Um, we saw, you know, these these rioters uh, attacking photographers, destroying equipment, uh, grabbing people's credentials uh, forcefully, and uh, I was I was heartened to see people. Report the news and report what was happening. I'd like to just single out. I mean, Trish Turner, who I worked with way back when uh, at at CNN uh, during the times of the, uh, you know, 9/11 and the anthrax attacks. She was there for us at ABC, uh, reporting as the Capitol was being breached and calmly, and without fear, uh, reporting exactly what was she she was seeing, and 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 keeping us all informed uh you know rachel scott outside martha Raditz, ben siegel
1: Ali picorin yeah
0: um people who um you know really uh without concern you know i mean they, they, they put themselves at risk i mean not to mention the 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 covid risk and and they did this calmly and effectively and accurately and i'm, I'm proud of them and grateful for them. So let's um, let's let's get back together next week, and let's hope it's on a more cheerful note. Um, but thank you from the entire Powerhouse Politics team. We'll be back next week.